1: Here it we is cut-down day, and I want to, I Um, before we start on cut-down day, I know that we in the media love to discuss these cuts, mm-hmm. but it's also important to note that a third of the league, essentially, today, will lose their job. Yeah. And um, if you've ever had a personal connection to a player who was released or who was cut, this is their life, this is their dream coming to an end. So I just want to throw that out there to start the show. Not that I want to be a downer. But yeah, I want. Really. I want. don't. I, I, no, <laughs> I want to stress the point because yes. um, we've all known players and we even considered f- these players friends. Sure, this it's is traumatic. Yes. This is traumatic. If you've ever been expanded. handed a pink slip, yeah, a third of the league today essentially is going to be asked yeah. to turn in their playbook. And for most of those players, the dream stops today, and that's that, tough. Then they go true. to Canada, that's real
0: life, or the USFL or, or the, the XFL. Or the yeah, L- as I said, the dream ends today. Yes. <laughs> but fortunately, the, the practice squads have been expanded to twelve, so more, and more nice. guys at yeah. least yep. have a job. That's absolutely right. that's good. But you're but right. This I do think there's there's a
1: show. measure of sensitivity that I think yeah. we should treat this topic with just because absolutely. you know a lot of times we say oh, he's a pig, get him out of here. No, he's a human being. He has a family. He has a dream, and it was squashed today. So. I just throw well, that out there at the beginning. Not that anybody was going to be disrespectful. Well, I but might have been. We, 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 um, might think, and we're all aware of that. When yeah. I,
0: whenever I call a player a scrub or say he sucks, I always later in the day feel bad that I say that because right. he doesn't suck compared to the general public. Sure. sure. And, but I am just who I am, and so I'm getting, yeah. you know, yelling, and scream. But You speak in hyperbolic I, terms, exactly, and that's okay. That's who I am. That's who so, you are. Obviously, nobody in the NFL, nobody even in a training camp is a scrub. Yeah. Uh, they're all amazing athletes and, and deserve respect. By the way, I hope nobody will say this is something that every, almost everybody in the sports media says on this day, and it drives me crazy. I want to punch everybody in the face that does this. Hopefully, none of you will say this today. I hope so, too. Because everybody I'm says, waiting to hear what it you is. know, just because you made the 53-man roster d- today doesn't mean you're definitely going to be there because there's still cuts and there's still waiver cuts. We all freaking know that. We've right. been paying attention yeah. to football for 100 years. Well, a lot so of times, don't be that the guy. folks
1: are master, you know, Captain Obvious. They yes. say things that just mm. to reiterate a point or whatever. but yeah. So anyhow, there are reports. The, the Browns have not released their fi- no. official 53-man roster. I don't expect them to until later in the day. I'm sure they're still taking phone calls from teams. Sure. Um, there's There are some names that we thought we might see that aren't on this list perhaps they're trying to still work trades. They have until 4 o'clock today yeah, even if
0: to submit that list. Right. Even if a guy is reported to be cut, he's probably not officially cut. Exactly. So still, but the, the names we've heard that you would know right now, John Kelly, Johnny Stanton, and yeah. Josh Rosen are the three Those names. Those are the
1: big ones. Stanton, yeah. I think, is, is is the big one. I saw Mary Kay and Mary Kay Cabot. Is, let me let me quickly run through what's yeah, going to yeah, be on the right. show. Mary Kay is going to be on. She's going to talk to us about roster cuts. She's also going to talk to us about a, a, an article that she wrote yesterday uh, where she quotes an NFL official who is very concerned about Deshaun Watson moving forward. We're going to talk to her about that. Aditi Kinkabwala is also on the show. We've got the trifecta of women reporters in the NFL. If you think about it, Mary Kay, first class. Aditi, of course, she's ours. But here in about seven minutes, um, Cynthia Freeland of the NFL Network Mm -hmm. is going to be calling in. Cynthia's in the news today because yesterday on an NFL podcast, she told a story of... An encounter she had with Baker Mayfield following the Bills right. Panthers final preseason game, in i wh- I'm sure you've heard it by now. McNuggets, you want to play it now or you wanna hold it? We'll take the tag board, Steve, you can punch the tag board real right, quick. If you yeah. haven't I heard the sound heard in this a sec
3: so everyone understands before Cynthia. Yeah. So I'll song. just
1: quickly set it up. Baker uh, was leaving the field. Cynthia has known Baker for years. I worked with Cynthia for years at the ESPN network at ESPN. Now she's at the NFL network. Oh, she does bill sidelines. She, yeah, she does. I didn't realize yeah. that. Okay. So if we can roll the um, the the clip from the take podcast, let's play it now. Let's yeah. take we'll it, now play so it so When she comes told. on, too. But Steve, everybody, if 7 7 you haven't 7. heard this, here it is.
2: You ran into Baker Mayfield, the yeah. former Browns quarterback uh-huh. yeah. um recently and I was <laughs> yeah. hoping you could share an exchange that you had. It
3: was after the field or on the field after the game against the Bills this preseason game three and I walked up to him like I'm so excited to see you like go you know, I was like kick some butt I didn't say that word, but you know, <laughs> kick some butt kid yeah. no <laughs> like, go kick some butt especially week one i like cannot wait and he uses some expletives and i was like i just hope you're like right. he's like i'm gonna bleep them up Ooh, like, being
2: the cleveland browns that, the week one yeah, opponent that's our the week one Carolina opponent, Panthers. depending
3: on
1: yeah so there you have it um, yeah. I, no one's surprised that he would think that no, no no i think the surprise is is that it's out there now because we had said yesterday i i made a kind of flippant remark you know we know Baker. We know who he is. He's going to give the Browns something before kickoff. Right, which he has. He has, but in this case, and I, it's going to be an interesting interview with Cynthia in five minutes. I love Cynthia. I think she's a tremendous person. I think she's very good at what she does. She's an analytics expert. She's
0: great at that. She's she does great fan- at
1: analytics. I watch the NFL Network
0: show that she's on where she talks fantasy. She's with, with awesome with fantasy advice. People. Yeah.
1: Um, we talked briefly this morning. I don't want to give too much of it away. She said she doesn't quite see how this is a story. I, I disagree. Um, and I don't know how this is going to go because I love yeah. Cynthia.
0: Doesn't this come I- down to how Baker felt about this? Like, Did he consider this like a private
1: conversation? Bull, uh, or was he um, screaming this on the I field? Don't, or? I don't think we have to go into that. I think it was a, an encounter. It wasn't an official media gathering. Right. It wasn't... I think when she said what she said, she probably would hope that that wasn't on camera or picked up or talked about, particularly because she did, she bleeped out her own expletive that she right, said right, when right. she mm-hmm. talked to Baker. Yeah, It's a very fine line, and that line is getting fuzzier and fuzzier. The old school journalist will tell you that unless the person has agreed to a formal media session, then anything that might be said is off the record because it's not an official it's you know if it's a conversation now a lot of guys that I've talked to just coming up say before they ever get into anything dicey LeBron was great at this off the record yeah. okay that's right. fine. Right. as soon as you say that Baker clearly didn't say that you know? there wasn't time they were two ships passing on the field yeah but right. that's fair game then in my opinion I'm a little well, bad for it listen there are, there are opinions that say yeah. exactly what don't, you said don't say that
0: and I think Cynthia obviously reporter. believes that you know my first reaction I didn't even think about, like, oh, was she breaking in confidence? And then you and Jason, we were having a group text, and you and Jason both said, hey, this is why, you know, Jason made the point, and he tweeted it, and he said this is why people hate the media. I don't like that from Jason. I'm going to talk to him about it when I see him because most of the reasons people hate the media are crap reasons and unfair reasons. So we have about a 15% approval rating as a
1: group. Yeah, so, I mean, there's no. I we, don't buy that. That's we, the case. Well, I, you don't have to buy it. I'm just telling you that's what's that what based on. That's it? what one poll after another. I saw one recently that said we have a nine percent approval rating. Sports media, media. Well, media. we can't group right. sports so, media, political well, listen, media together. I, I don't know fair. if there's been a poll done on sports media, Mikey. If you can find one, <laughs> I, I'd be curious. I can't to see imagine. Today. it's I, that Here's well. what I'll say, and 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 this is based on hundreds, not dozens, hundreds of conversations with athletes and. Even athletes that have crossed over to the media, Mm -hmm. they're always afraid to put on the dark hat, as they call it. Right. Because they know how they're going to be viewed by their former brethren. They know that. I I remember I had a long conversation once with – I'm not going to get too specific with what he told me. So I'm not, I I don't I couldn't
2: tell if you were uh, censoring yourself
1: or if you were having a senior moment. Yeah, it's both. It's both. I I don't want to use this player's name because you would be able to figure out who he was. And I'm going to give you very specific things that he said. He covered a team uh, that won many Super Bowls with a coach who's very controversial. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And before he came over to ESPN, he had conversations with his former teammates and former coaches about how this would be viewed by them because his relationship with them supersedes everything. And players will tell you that. Those are the guys they jumped in the foxhole with. Their next move into the media is a career. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a job. Mm -hmm. So, there's always trepidation from players to do this. Some go in with both feet and they don't care. right? And they come out guns blazing. Because now they realize, look, I'm going as to put should. everything into this as they should. Yeah. I've had conversations with players that came in tepidly, and I'm like, this isn't for you. Yeah. This isn't for you. We're going to ask you things that we're going to want specific, pointed answers, true opinion. Mm-hmm. And in truth, our contributors on our show run the gamut. We have some that give zero, mm-hmm. and then we have some that are just toeing the line. You know, they're I, just, I, and just, I think you can figure out who they I are. Just went, I
4: just did a tweet over the weekend. And, I, and you could pull it up, I'm yeah. sure you can find it. I said it sometimes I hate being in the media. I hate it. Sometimes I literally wish I did not do this because there's certain things that people kind of do that I think from a foreign player's perspective or from a person who has relationships with people. Yeah. I, I don't I don't like some of the things that go into the game. I don't like like, like what specifically. So there are there are people like so I'll give you an example, right? Um, there are people who get, are that literally have vendettas against people, right? There are people that. But not, aren't there players and aren't there people in other but, walks of but, life but, that are the same? You're but, but, G, G, You're right. They, they He's have, right. They're they, absolutely. Of media course members. there are. Yeah. But, but but here's the thing. They don't write the narrative. You do. The 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 media writes the narrative, and that that. So just now, players are right. getting a platform where they can even have any sort of saying things. Like, but if you're the writer, if you're the narrator, that's powerful. Right, just like players have to watch what they do because they are, to a certain extent, public figures and role models to some people. It's the same thing with the with the media. Sometimes, if you're writing something, you got to think, you got to pull back and say, "Hold on, hold on, hold on. Where where am I going with this one? Because if I write this, this this hurts a little bit, especially when you're talking about guys getting in Hall of Fame." Uh, yeah. Accolades, those things. Just look. If you don't think it, it really matters, look at Terrell Owens. Tara Owens was not a first ballot Hall of Fame. got the Hall of Fame. But but th- that's not the point. The part. Gee, the part th- 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 Let me ask you this. Uh, uh, do the, you the, think the players would do a better job of voting for the Hall of Fame? Because I don't think, it'd what, 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 I think what, no, it would be close. No no no. I, but I think what I'm saying is the yeah. talent level of Terrell Owens. Yeah. Is it, it's undeniable. I he was the you. first ballot he Hall is, of Famer. Un- but in the end, what's the difference? He but, got in the second year. It's, it's his legacy. And, and that, If you say something about Bulls, that's the legacy, right? G. Bush,
1: to your point, so players view the Hall of Fame as... Uh, it's it. When you make it to the Hall of Fame, you're now an industry. You're, you're an industry. You can throw bake sales and make as much money as you want. Mm-hmm. You want to do signing shows? There's a price tag that goes along with that. There are also tiers of Hall of Famers. And the first ballot Hall of Famer, that... That distinction is powerful. You think he's not getting a good table
2: at a restaurant because he's a second-year Hall of Famer? No, but but to my point of
1: being different tiers, there are price tags that come along with appearances. And the first ballot Hall of Famer price tag is bigger. My problem with what you guys
0: are saying is that – you're doing what a lot of fans do, and you're lumping everybody together. No. And that's unfair. No, no, I'm, when, I'm not. When the players crap on media, do we care
1: about that? No, no, That gets I'm, ignored all the time. Is, I, I, I do some. care about that, by the way. I, yeah, I do. Yeah. I say some I, I believe, debtors. and I,
0: I'll rip, you know me, I'm not afraid to rip a fellow media member. I've done it, and I'll sure. do it again. But I never lump everybody together. You shouldn't. And we wait, should. Wait, 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 wait. And first
1: of all, th- you do lump people together. I do? Yeah. In what way? Well, how many times have you said, well, you know, there's a typical white guy. You've said that on our show 20 times. <laughs> <laughs> have you not? Yeah, but I'm joking most of the time. Oh, I I not? Not? If you joke That's about the same thing 20 times, at some point it becomes your reality. Okay, fine. So, uh, all so white, you do uh, lump people I, together. I, I, all white people. And, and you know same. what? We all do yeah, that. I'm not going to beat you up for that because
0: we all no. do that. And and, but, and we shouldn't. I but you, say, you before lumped. I have sports reporters with
1: political reporters. You're that, right. That doesn't make any well, sense. Well, I think under one umbrella we're all media. Yeah. So under that, guys, we are. We're all. We I all think do the same most thing. media, and and the and the line is blurred as to who's media and who's not. And that was my point. And that's start. part of the problem. And but, so quickly, do we have Cynthia? Is she on? Not yet. Okay, uh, we'll
3: wait. She's logged on now. Give us one okay, second. Okay.
1: So what I would say to that? Th- yeah. I, here's what I'm struggling with today, and I'm struggling with it mightily because yeah. this connects. This connection to me is a, is a personal friend. Right. I love Cynthia. I do. Um, the first thing she said to me when I called her this morning it. was, how's your family? I, yeah. I love Cynthia.
0: She's on. So we got her. Let,
1: let, let's bring her in. Cynthia Freeland of the NFL Network. Cynthia, we're obviously talking about the Baker Mayfield situation. And before we dive too deeply into it, uh, we played the clip. I want you to, in your own words right now, sort of explain what happened and what the
5: fallout has been from it since it dropped. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay. And
1: and it's great to see you again. Let me start with that. (laughs) I'm
3: mid-move here. We got a lot of stuff (laughs) in the background, but you know. It's all good. So all that happened was I shouldn't have, ex- I shouldn't have shared a private conversation, although I stand by the fact that I'm pro Baker. I hope he succeeds. I hope he has a great career in Carolina. I walked up to him after the game. He looked great. Everything was, you know, like he looked like he's, he's happy. He's like having fun, God forbid. And I'm like, I hope you have a great season. I used some expletives like F them up. Like I know Baker's spicy and you know, he's been spicy his whole career, but dating back to college. So. You know, I said that and then he just kind of agreed with me and we were just and I said, you know, started off strong go and and in fairness, like as a woman in especially in the media, like I would like him to beat his old team for a lot of reasons, but not the least of which is it feels like, you know, a poetic story. You see a lot of athletes face their former teams and you're like, go show them that they were wrong. Like, you know, get out there and be positive. There's nothing negative. There so let me ask you this.
1: I, you. I'm a little I'm a little confused. So. Did, is he the one that started the f them up, or did you say f them up and he co-signed it?
3: The I said this entire season, so not just the Browns, the entire season. Right. I said go out there and kick some butt and f them up, like okay, uh, meaning everyone. I said started off strong, week one. I can't wait to see you out there, week one. It was not that nefarious at all. It was all pro baker and i shared it because i'm pro baker and i am I want everyone to succeed i want everyone to get a second chance i want everyone in life to get a fair shake it was just being blown way out of proportion and it's frustrating because you know it's like people are being like you're not professional and you're right i shouldn't have shared a, a private conversation but i was sharing like excitement for a person who sure. is in a much better headspace who looks great who's I... who he, he he's in good form i chose to share it i shouldn't have shared it i i mean that. That, okay, I shouldn't have shared it. Have it. you spoken like, to him since Cynthia? No, I sent him a message, but yeah. his PR person just called me from the Panthers, and I'm sure I'll hear from the Browns too Like, It's not, where are all these people uh, about the quarterback that's going to be playing week 11? That's my question, because the professionalism, my professionalism in question for encouraging him feels a little... uh
0: Yeah, I, I personally, I can't speak for others, and I, I personally have no problem with you sharing that story. Um I, Part of that is because it, Gives You know, it's something interesting for us to talk about, not from your perspective, but just him saying that about the Browns. But that's who Baker is. It is not surprising uh, that he would say that. I, I honestly didn't give any thought to you sharing that until somebody said it to me. And then I said, oh, maybe I don't know. But you seem aggravated because obviously you had no like a lot of times, when things like this get out, maybe the person has ill will, and it seems clear there was no ill will from you in this it's situation. The
3: exact opposite. Right. I w- I, you know what? Like, you're allowed in, in. I'm a very professional person. You can ask Jay. Like, I have, I have n- the amount of stuff that we all know compared to what we share mm-hmm. is like this much. I yeah. was saying on a podcast, I was showing a positive thing towards a player that has had a hard off season. Like. That, no matter what you have to admit that that was a difficult off season for something. I shouldn't have shared it. Whatever. Like, okay, got it. I'm never going to share anything. That's told me again. I think that's also an interesting tactic for whatever, but you know, long story short, I, I, you know, I don't, there was no negative intention. It was all about, I was like, I was encouraging him. I was like the whole season, go get it. Like, I, am not going to swear on here, but I was swearing to him. I was like, go, show yeah. everybody who's wrong, be the, like, be the right. guy who we want you to be. Cynthia, I, I,
1: I first of all, I, I want to take one second and absolutely back up what you said. I've, I've worked with you long enough to know, mm-hmm. and I know you as a person too, not just as a, as a, as a journalist. Uh, you, not that you need me to co-sign you for your character, or, but, you but, but Cynthia, you know my feelings towards you um, as a person as, and as a professional. And I also understand how these interactions go. And, and I think one of the things that's going to be debated today, and I'd love for you to weigh in on this, and I know you say, okay, I shouldn't have shared it. I was wrong. Um, so we started the discussion by saying, you know, kind of when there isn't a conversation between reporter and player about what's on and off the record, how does the industry operate? Because you're right. Typically, we share about this much of, of what we know. And most of what we don't share is because people have told us and they've said look off the record or between us um are those passing encounters between players and reporters fair game if nothing is discussed or are they should they be should they be looked at as off limits unless there's that conversation that they are okay
3: i mean probably should err on the side of off limits unless they say they're okay which is why i will i won't do that again like I I say that with a little bit of disdain and it's not the most genuine apology I've ever issued because to be honest with you, my, what I said was that I said it first and he sort of agreed, which is not him even like, anyways, he didn't come up to me like, I'm going to blank them up. Like that wasn't it at all. Like it was a positive thing. My point was that there are people who encourage other people and like whatever so you're right though but it as a general rule you should unless it's on the record it's off the record but i i I didn't and yes that that i will 100 percent say and i shouldn't have said it and i will not say it again like that without being like can i say that because i won't but the the reality is as many of us you know who are trying to support someone it is a really nice way to support someone when you say i you know i saw with my eyes that they're good I know the math that they're good. I can see their stats that they're doing better and whatever. And three, you know, I said it to him, and he seemed like he was in a good mental place. Like it just, it, that's a it, to me, that's a stronger argument. There was no like, you know, I wasn't sitting there trying to tell Baker to talk crap about. I like the Browns. I'm I'm disappointed in the Deshaun situation, but I'm I like the Browns. I love a lot of players on your team. I write so many great things about. I know Nick you do. Trump, Miles Garrett, like the whole secondary. Come on, like I I. This is, I'm, I spend a lot of time, this isn't like anti-Brown sentiment. Yes, I'm a little hurt by the Deshaun stuff. I am a female and it's weird and it feels confusing, but it, it was his pro-Baker. Who doesn't want to go back and get revenge on their ex?
1: Yeah, particularly Baker, who's done that a time or two and has sort of really built his brand on it. He's, he's built his brand on proving others who have bet against him. That they they bet on the
4: wrong pony essentially. G. Bush, do you have something you want yeah. to say? Yeah, um, Cynthia, do you feel like <clears throat> because I, I feel like this happens from time to time? Do you feel like um, it's not about what you said, it's about what player you said it about? And in the case, is Baker Mayfield, and he's a lightning rod. So if you would have said this about I don't know Kirk Cousins, it wouldn't have been a thing, mm-hmm. right? It's just it, do you believe that the person that this occurred with actually matters, and that's where, where we're at today
3: hundred percent a lot of people pile on baker because they want clicks or whatever like please go look at my social media i write articles i'm not a i don't do hot takes that's not my vibe like ever i literally never have like i i probably you know i i probably don't have as many twitter followers because i don't do that i was trying to support this person if i had said it about sam darnold same draft class similar situation from another team to be honest with you i don't think anyone would have even noticed other than i mean Honestly, since he got hurt in that game, it would have been very inappropriate. But, but it, you know, if it, if the situation were reversed and he hadn't gotten hurt, I don't think anyone would have cared if I said it about Sam Darnold. It Like, that he was like, I'm going to go out there and get the Jets week one. Who cared? You know, like, no one would have cared.
1: Yeah, I, I would co-sign that. Yeah. I think Baker's a lightning rod one way or another. And part of I mean, the I didn't mentality... realize
3: how much of a lightning rod or I wouldn't have shared it. I was trying to be supportive of him, truly. No. Like. yeah.
1: I, I, I do understand that I, I know how you um, I know how you interact with one of the reasons players love and respect you is because you treat them as human beings, not as football players. I've seen that firsthand for a long time. And uh, and I've, I could feel her frustration. I mean, I understand. I can too. And I feel I feel badly. For I think you, Cynthia, we've all had your that, chin up
0: We've all had that moment where we said something on the air that had no ill will or no bad intent. And somebody took it another way, or yeah, maybe it was even a way you didn't even think about it, and then it it, it creates a life of its own. So, you know, Cynthia, that's frustrating. Um,
1: I, I I want to do this because um, I I have long touted you as the, the the in my in my eyes, and and I probably it's clouded by my personal relationship with you, but I've always told anybody that wants to listen to what I think about analytics. If you want to read somebody and you want to follow somebody who knows it, in my view. Not just as well as anybody, but I've always thought your strength is is communicating numbers, which can be very confusing to fans Mm -hmm. in a digestible and understandable way. I think no one in the in the business does it as well as you do. So, with that in mind, I would love to tap into that knowledge and ask you from an analytic standpoint. We we always talk about, well, the Browns are going to be six and five by the time Deshaun Watson gets back on the field, and you know we're just all gobbledygook. Where are the Browns analytically in your mind as we get ready to go into week one?
3: The Browns are in a good, well, first of all, the schedule for the Browns is favorable. So that's a good piece of news because a lot of teams underestimate the value of their first four games being achievable games, especially when you have some new faces on the team, some potential changes. When looking at your wide receiving core in general, like that's an area where I'm a little Concerned about how it's all going to come together. I love Amari Cooper. I think he's a great player, but, you know, obviously it's a new team. There's a new system. There's two quarterbacks he has to get adjusted to. So that adjustment period is a big deal. So that's the first thing. Favorable schedule is good. I really like this defensive front, clearly. This is, like, a very, very, very good defense. I like the secondary that backs it up. It's a really interesting, nice blend of, you know, a lot of us in analytics get into the debate of, What's more important, like lockdown corners or, you know, the front? And my answer is both. So if you have both, then you're in good shape. So the question mark for me is a lot more about, you know, the the ability for the wide receivers to get those big plays, which have been proven to be, you know, big chunk passing plays are very helpful in terms of determining wins. So that's the question mark for me coming out of the gate. But of course, so, and yeah. I, I can't get through this without saying how much I like Nick Chubb and I think he's a really I like both of your running backs a lot but it's an interesting note to have a guy like Nick Chubb not talked about maybe in terms of how valuable his extra like three four steps those yards after contact oh look at that perfect your producer is amazing nice. so it's the, it's the after <laughs> don't time. tell him
2: that that's all we need <laughs> Good job. yeah
3: right so it's those big chunk run yards like and by the yeah. way everybody knew he has the ball so you know, I, I, as much as I look, I like Kareem Hunt too. It's not, it's not anti that it's just pro Nick Chubb, right? Those yards after, after contact are just really, really, really impressive. And those 20 plus yard runs, like we're looking at him right there. Those big plays are huge in terms of determining who wins football games,
0: by the way. And I, Cynthia does the, uh, the football show, the fantasy fantasy football show on NFL network which I watch, and she got me aggravated because she says that Justin Herbert's better than my boy Joe Burrow. But, uh, <laughs> but I get it. They're both great. But, but no, but, but what's interesting when it comes to fantasy, though, is Nick Chubb is probably the, the biggest gap between great back but not great fantasy back. Is there anybody that's a bigger difference between actual back and
3: fantasy back? It depends on your scoring in a lot of ways because, yeah. you know, some of these guys who are really good in scoring, if you're playing PPR, obviously right, right, the right, guys who catch more balls are really, yeah. really valuable. So, and then, you know, you know Derek Henry doesn't have as much of a shared backfield situation. So there's right. no one vulturing his touchdowns. Right. But I would, I think that there's like, you know, like you could make the argument that kind of in the reverse way, like an AJ Dillon is a really good player that, you know, he's not, no, he's nowhere near as good at like, valuable fantasy who wise as Nick Chubb, but right. you know, for the return on investment in those later rounds, like an AJ Dillon who has more of a Nick Chubb like profile with the Aaron Jones being the guy who gets more of the receptions. Like right. that's a good late round pick for sure.
0: Yeah. You know, one other thing, not fantasy wise, although Kareem hunt is yeah. a fine fantasy back when he has the opportunity, <laughs> but like, there's been a lot of talk about training Kareem hunt. I think because Jacoby Brissett's the quarterback and you really have to rely on the running game. The first 11 weeks. I think it's insane to think about trading Cream Hunt. Jay here wants to trade him from some, no, some no, no, slappy no. wide receiver. I See, don't know there he goes,
1: mischaracterizing it. me again. <laughs> Cynthia, <laughs> this is horrible. This is what's what, wrong with the sports media right here. What Jay said. A slappy. Was, yeah. <laughs> media, media. Sports <laughs> media. What Jay said, bias. Cynthia, was this is percent would be foolish not us. to listen to other offers. Of course, but no, Cynthia. I never said it, they should trade wait, him. Go back and look at
0: the tape. But, Cynthia, is there any chance a team would trade a really good wide receiver for Kareem Hunt? Just not going to happen, right?
3: It's hard because, you know, you have to look at the landscape of wide receivers and also, like, the future, right? So, I think we're in this weird bubble with, like, between NIL and the trade portal for college. So, wide receivers might be a little dry compared to, in this draft, compared to the past, too, because it is more lucrative for them to stay in college. So, why would they go on this rookie pit? Yeah. So, point being, so you're in this weird loggerhead of like the wide receivers are becoming really, really valuable. We saw these wide receiver contracts of like a gazillion dollars. So, maybe, maybe there'll be some thing where some guys like some weird cap casualty along the way. But mm-hmm. I think it'd be hard to get one of those top tier mm-hmm. wideouts because right. you know, people people are are going to need to keep them, especially given kind of what's potentially coming out of college or the fear of what's coming out of college or not coming out of college.
4: Let me, let me ask you this question, Cynthia, uh, based on what you've, um, looked at with film and based on what you've looked at in the numbers out there in the ether, (laughs) uh, would you pay, would you pay Lamar Jackson?
3: You know, I would, I, I would. So all these contracts look a little weird. Like you know, you have to remember those voidable years at the end. Like you have to get the real skinny on the contract, not the like, you know, hey, newsflash, it really goes this is coming full circle with bringing me on. You can't just read like the tweet that says, you know, Kyler Murray gets forty six point one million dollars per year because it's really how the structure of the contract works. So I do think that you want to pay Lamar Jackson, but you need to make it work for how the Ravens whole system works so that you can get all the right pieces around him as well so it has to be the right contract not just like this flashy because I don't you know you have to look through and read the entire contract of all but I would I would I think Lamar Jackson is a guy who I mean those rush yards and the ability to you know he gets more favorable passing situations because every single time defenses have to be like well this guy could just escape and run for 35 yards
2: Cynthia, you made it clear what you think you hope is going to happen in week one. What's what do you really think is going to happen between <laughs> between the Panthers and the Browns? Do you have any predictions?
3: Yeah, I mean I've I've already run like some models for I mean obviously barring any I'm mean, gonna an asterisk here, barring any, you know, weird thing happens with the fifty three that I can't foresee today. But um I do have the Browns winning that game. So Yes! Here we go. Here, here we go. Yeah. Was it close in your model? And- I, can't, I mean, look, everything looks close week one yeah. because week yeah. one we have the most uncertain, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty. We're not sure what we're looking at. Sure. I can't remember the exact, I have to go look, I didn't prepare at the exact number, but I do know the Browns win it because it, it the, my conversation was nothing to do with my math.
0: Right. <laughs> Tim, <laughs> hey, la- <laughs> last year I wrongly predicted that the Steelers would finish under 500 for the first time in the Tomlin era. I'm double downing, I'm saying they're finishing under 500 again this year, even though I was wrong last year. Will I be right this year?
3: You know, I don't think you'll be right, but not by a lot. Because now you can't finish 500, right? So you think it's going to be 9 and 8. So I think it's going to be right around there. And mostly because their defense is so scary that, you know, it's going to give them – their O-line is is not the strength of the team. So their defense, though, is is very strong. So it's hard for me to to see how they don't sneak out some extra wins. It's a hard division that you guys are in. I have to look at their schedule yeah. completely, yeah, but tough. I think I have them in nine wins. It's, it's tough. Screw hey, sister, the haters. Listen, Screw the haters. Yeah,
1: and, and it, it took courage for you to come on, and you, you met all this stuff uh, head on, as I knew you would. It's great to see you again. Continued success to you, and thank you very much for making time for us. We appreciate it.
3: Uh, thank you for having me, and I look, like, this is all – hopefully we can all enjoy the fact that this is a sport where we all want to F each other up. Like, that's the fun part, right? <laughs> that's right. So, that's, that's the whole right. idea Goodness of this sport. Gracious.
1: Yeah, that's thank the whole you, idea. Cynthia, thank you very much. Thanks, Cynthia. Cynthia Freeland from uh, the NFL Network. Every time I see her, I think about one time I had her on as a guest, and I don't know why I did this. Her name's Cynthia. She goes by Cynthia, and that's it. In the middle of the segment, as I'm forwarding another question, I, I, I called her Cindy and everybody at the table just Boy, kind of froze We're like what happened what did you just, call did you just make you just
4: make that up dog? yeah you just come <laughs> throw that out there i don't know she was <laughs> like
1: i've never been called cindy in my life i'm make, like sorry make sure cindy. I don't, don't know where call Kay angela yeah. <laughs> 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 um i want to commend uh cynthia for, for starters yeah she didn't have to do this no and she was clearly upset by the whole situation yeah and, yeah. and uh, it got a little it got a i I I hope that she keeps her chin up and that she meets this head on what i like more than anything from our conversation, and I didn't know how this was going to go. I was I, I was fearful that she would say, "Look, there was nothing wrong with what I did." She didn't say that. Right. She said I shouldn't have done it. Right. I won't do it again. But clearly, in the moment, but, she didn't bro,
4: realize.
0: This, at, she was, yeah. at, the,
4: at the end of, at the end of the day, I just want to. This is football. It's man. not. That yeah, man, I know. It's no. football, dog. She'll be yeah. fine. She'll yeah. be
1: fine. Uh, there will be some players that probably, you know, w- will look at it a little a little odd. Yeah. They'll come around. But yeah. I, I think the key to the whole thing is that she acknowledged that, you know, the reason I asked her the question the way I did, Mary Kay Cabot's coming on next, and she can give us her thoughts on that. If If it's not... If there isn't a discussion that it's on the record, then it should be assumed that it's off the record. That's just kind of the rules of engagement. Uh,
0: frankly, for me, I'm happy it's on the record because hopefully that'll give the Browns extra
1: motivation. I know. We'll both, see, tweet, yeah. both tweeted in our, <laughs> or texted in our group text. Saying, hey, this is great for us. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. Is Mary Kay with us? Uh, Mary Kay, you on?
6: I'm here. I don't there she know. Is. Were you
1: able to listen to any of Cynthia? And uh, if not, let us know what you missed and we can sort of paraphrase it for you. But I'm curious to get your thoughts on the whole thing.
6: I caught the very tail end. So I did not see the beginning of it. Um, so sorry about that. But, you know, yeah. So I didn't see her reaction to, you know, what was said and, and how she said it. Okay, so if you want to so catch me I, up. Okay. I will. I'll quickly
1: paraphrase. To me, the bit of news in that was that Cynthia actually said first, go F them up. That was, right. She did not tell the story that way on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I can understand why Baker would be like, wait a minute. I didn't say that. I repeated what she said. So she did do a bit of cleanup well, on the he, show. Did he say, I didn't say that? I'm, I'm No, so I'm he, sure Baker's people reached oh, out to Cynthia and yeah. said, according to Baker, you're the one that used that phrase, and okay. he repeated it. That was, she left that out of the story when she told it on the podcast. So she saw Baker. She said he looked great. He looked happy. She had said to him, go F them up. And he had repeated that. I'm going to F them up. So... That part of the story was kind of lost in the translation until just now. She yeah. cleaned that up But just I think now. that's
0: irrelevant in terms of it. No, it's Bulletin not. board for material for the Browns.
1: No, I don't think it is because she used the, the, that phraseology first. Mary Kay, am I right? Doesn't that kind of make a difference the way you look at it? It wasn't Baker volunteering, I'm going to go F them if up. If you're in the Browns locker was, room, do you, no, you care about No, it may not make a difference to the yeah, Browns. You're going to use whatever saying. you can as bulletin board right. material. But Mary Kay... Am I wrong in saying that it does make a difference because she used that exact phrase first and he just repeated it?
6: Well, first of all, I just want to say that I will. I will really try at all times to avoid uh, really criticizing how somebody else does their job because it's really tough out here. It is. It, it's a tough, it's a tough gig out here, and we're you know we're expected to do everything the right way all the time, and sometimes we make mistakes. And if she said. Uh, that she should not have shared that on the podcast which i think that's what she was saying at the end there she did say then that. you know then then that's fine that's cool and I, you know i think i'd probably just kind of stand on that she probably yep. is saying that may- maybe i should not have shared that because i mean first of all it's baker mayfield right and it's the cleveland browns and it's just a a flammable situation as it is and, you know, I've already seen a couple of Browns players, you know, respond to it a little bit. So, uh, if, you, <laughs> if she said it like that, then, um, <coughs> you know, and she feels like maybe she shouldn't have said it then, then she can handle that how she wants. I will never criticize yeah. or at least try not to criticize, uh, how another reporter does their job. It's just, so, it's a it's jungle. Not,
1: I, here I respect, the hell, out of I, uh, I respect uh, the hell out of you for that. I respect the hell out of you, Mary Kay, because it's, um, it, it is a fraternity, uh, sorority, whatever you want to call it. It's a, it's, we know how difficult this is, and it's easy to throw darts. Yeah, uh, I don't know how difficult not it not is because
0: I'm not a writer, Mary Kay, but I do love to rip Tony Grossi from time to time. You don't have to comment on that. I just do it. But <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, don't be good. But wait, Mary Kay, what? I haven't seen the Browns players' reaction. What has been the Browns players' reaction, and do you think this gives them extra motivation to kick the crap out of Baker?
6: Yeah, they'll use it as bulletin board material. I mean, all the way back to when I was covering Bill Belichick here, they like looked for things like this, couldn't wait for things like this uh, to help them. And they use anything... Uh, that they possibly can so they they will use it of course they'll use it and they're saying all the right things I mean when we talked to miles Garrett last week uh, you know he he said you know what no I don't have any extra motivation for Baker he's not my rival but if I get a couple of sacks along the way that will be fine so that's the note that they're trying to to take now I did see something uh, from a player and he deleted it so when a player deletes something like that uh, I let them, stand by their delete mm-hmm. and so okay. i i don't want to see the name but i did Fair see enough. one player that eyeballed it or something like that but you know if you're going to take the time to delete something then i think we should let people uh you know make a quick little mistake with you know with the index finger and then delete it quickly interesting. So, uh, very interesting. Uh, so
5: yeah you know, so think, i'm not
6: gonna say that
4: America we talk you know and i, I talk to you and we, we cross paths and, and you know we talk about different things all the time uh, off the record. One of the things that I, I find fascinating is you've been in this game for a long period of time. How do you um, mix? Because some players you do have a relationship with. Some players you um, watch come up through the ranks. How do you mix that with telling and doing stories and different things like that? Because sometimes you could print things that um, some people that that know you are uncomfortable with. You know, how do you go about um, kind of you know towing that line?
6: Well, you have to make choices uh, pretty much on on, sometimes on a daily basis. There are things that uh, you will leave out. There are things that you will put in. uh, But I think for the most part, you try as best you possibly can. And I think you guys have run into this yourself you try as best you possibly can to differentiate between what was supposed to be on the record and what was supposed to be off the record what am i allowed to use here what am i not allowed to use and not everybody uh knows to say hey don't use that that was off the record you have to be very very clear about that because if you're if you're talking to a reporter uh generally unless you establish that it's off the record Uh, everything seems to be, I mean, it's fair game for the most part. Uh, But but there are gray areas. There are times when you have a conversation after a game like Cynthia did with Baker, where, you know, you're on the field and you're kind of just talking off the cuff and you, I guess you have to make the decision on your own. uh, Did he intend that to be for the record or off the record? So you just have to walk that fine line at all times. And you also have to, you know, you have to be cognizant of the relationships that you want to maintain and you don't want to throw somebody under the bus because then, you know, you're burning a bridge.
2: Mary Kay, have you ever had a situation that you'd care to share with us that you'd be willing to share with us where you feel like maybe you shouldn't have quoted someone on the record when you it might have been a personal conversation where somebody's been upset with you for printing something that they thought was between the two of you?
6: Uh, you know, I can't think of anything right off the top of my head, but yes, I'm I'm sure there were uh, plenty of times along the way where there, you know, there, there are little discrepancies. And here's the other thing uh, that that happens when when you're a reporter, you can be in the middle of a conversation with someone, and it can last 30 minutes. And in that 30 minute conversation, about 12 different times, they'll say that part was off the record, that part was off mm-hmm. the record, that part was off the record. And you have to be so careful about that. Uh, you know. So I try to tape the conversations and then I try to make big notes and put it in highlights, that's off the record. And you just really wanna be very, very careful about all of that so that you're doing this job in such a way that you can, uh, once again, be very professional and maintain those relationships. But right off the top of my head, uh, right now at the moment, I can't really think of a specific example of something that was supposed to be off the record. Uh, that that I wrote. That's because she's a damn professional, folks.
1: Yeah, she's you're a exactly damn professional. right. Mary Kay, I have one more question and then I'm done with this. I want to I want to talk Browns and not journalism. But um, you had said something there where you try your best to figure out, you know, was this usable or was this not? There's no handbook that we're given when we go to journalism school. Um, there, there are there are unwritten rules. There are a lot of unwritten rules. There are ethics in journalism that we all know. But tell me if I'm wrong by doing this, because I've done this a number of times, and I was always glad that I did, but maybe maybe I violated some unwritten rule of journalism. I've had a couple of situations that I can think of, and one of them was a very big story where I actually called the player back, and I, I asked him, so this particular portion, because this athlete said many times during this conversation, that's off the record, that's off the record. So I, ha- I actually called him to confirm is it okay that I use this? Did I violate some sort of rule of journalism by doing that? Just I was just trying to make sure I was getting it right.
6: Oh, no, that's absolutely what you would do. I've done that before plenty of times where uh, somebody said something that I'm assuming was supposed to be off the record. And maybe that part, necess- we, they didn't necessarily say that is absolutely off the record. I've checked back with that person. Right. Because once again, a lot of this business is about building relationships and maintaining relationships. And you just don't want to burn down the house. I mean, you want to do the best that you can to be professional, to break the news or to tell the news as best you possibly can, uh, but to not to violate anyone's confidence Absolutely. along the way so that yeah. it was the right way to handle that.
0: All right, Absolutely. Mary Kay, let's get to the what the really is the big story today. And that's cut down day, right? Uh, we've seen reports of Johnny Stanton being cut. We've seen reports of josh rose and a few other guys first of all let's start with the the running back room because stanton's gone uh john kelly or whatever his name is um uh, is gone i said earlier i don't know if i said this on the show or before the show that i think they're going to keep five running backs uh including De'Ernest and felton and the rookie whose name is escaping me uh ford, am i crazy yeah. ford. ford am i crazy are they going to keep all five or can they not do that
6: No, I mean, if you're counting Demetriic Felton as a running back, then yes, Yes. they're keeping all five. You could also put him in the receiver room, which would give them six of those right now, according to like the 53 that I put out yesterday. But uh, yeah, yeah, in the running back room, uh, I actually did have Johnny Stanton on on my 53 because I thought that uh, they could use him as a tight end as a fullback, as an H-back. And I'm guessing that there's a chance that they will try to re-sign him to the practice squad. So, you know, remember that as you're going through these cuts today, it doesn't mean that these guys are gone and that you're never going to see them again. It's that they're moving around the chess pieces right now. And some of these guys will end up on the 16-man practice squad. Some of these guys could possibly end up on some kind of a reserve list, Deshaun Watson being one of those. And then, uh, so you'll see some of these guys back. But in terms of the running backs, I do think just the pure running back room would include the four guys that we all you know know and talk about and that's chubb hunt dearness johnson and jerome ford
1: mary Kay, um josh gordon released today by the chiefs there's always going to be that tie with the browns Have you had any conversations with anyone in the organization about whether or not they would be interested in bringing josh gordon back to try to improve a room that's i think most people josh would agree shot, is to the their team he shot well, I you know admit, that's your opinion. I'm just wondering if she's had any conversations with the front office or anybody on on the team. Okay.
6: You know what? I haven't because it's not even a road that I think that they would go down. So it didn't occur to me to try to ask that yet at this point uh, because they've gone to that well so many times. It's just <laughs> not a road that they even need to think about going down, especially, I mean, one team can only have so many distractions on it, right? I mean, you need – Uh, to kind of, they have enough on their plate right now without going back to that well. So I didn't even ask, and it would just, you know, shock me if they even thought about it.
1: Me too, but it's the Browns we're talking about, so I had to ask.
2: Who's on the bubble, Mary Kay, and who do you think that they might get rid of, that they might, or they might cut, that they might end up regretting down the line?
6: You know, once this Cleveland Browns front office gets to this point, they've done most of their big business. They've done most of their contract restructurings. They've done most of their big cuts. Most of the guys that will get cut today will be no major surprises. This is not a situation where, you know, J.C. Treader is still on the roster wondering if they're going to turn it over to Nick here. I mean, they take care of all this stuff. So I don't think we're going to have any big surprises today. I mean, it'll be. Uh, mostly things that we knew were going to happen, and you know, with a few things here and there, guys that they might want to keep that um, that they'll try to get back in some way. I think there are a couple of defensive backs that you know that will make the team that are undrafted. Now, Sean Jolly is one of them. Not sure in the in the final analysis if they'll be able to keep keep the young cornerback, but he had a really nice preseason, and I know they would like to keep him. Uh, rookie. Safety D'Anthony Bell. I know they really want to keep him. Uh, so these are some guys that will make the team. That um, you know that we weren't a hundred percent sure about. And then Michael Woods, even though he missed most of the preseason. With his hamstring injury, he's going to make the team. He had a phenomenal uh, couple of weeks and an season before he suffered the hamstring injury. One to keep an eye on is Chase Winovich. He suffered a hamstring throughout the whole uh, training camp. And so, you know, can they afford to keep him? I put him on my 53. I think they will uh, try to keep him. But, you know, these are some of the names that are kind of out there.
4: Mary Kay, what's the percent chance that they add a defensive tackle or receiver by the first game?
6: Uh, you know what? I, I don't know that they're clamoring to add a defensive tackle. Uh, you know, I think it's a position that they look at as, you know, they can get the job done pretty much with the, what they have. They're very excited about Jordan Elliott. They've liked what they've seen from, uh, from Taven Bryan. What they need is for the other two young guys to really step it up over the next couple of weeks, particularly Perion Winfrey. He has not graded out well so far, uh, so he needs to pick it up a notch. But, uh, you know, it's an area they can look to bolster a little bit but not one that i think they're rushing out to do anything at. wide receiver you know i've been saying all along they need to add another experienced veteran wide receiver you don't want to have amari cooper go down and you don't have uh just some guy there that can get it done so that's one where i would definitely add a veteran i don't know if they agree with that
1: mary Kay, the ss garoppolo has left the port um that ain't right. happening um and there there's Josh, look, Josh has looked great in the, in the preseason. Which one? Joshua Dobbs. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Are they comfortable with a guy that's taken 17 snaps in real live action in the NFL being one play away from guiding their season? Uh, Or do you think they might make a move to bring a veteran quarterback in here just as an insurance policy?
6: I think they will keep their eyes open, you know, in cutting Josh Rosen and perhaps they'll bring him back on on the practice squad. But I think that ideally, if they if somebody were floating around out there that had some starting experience, that they would probably like to bring that player in. Having said that, they were very excited about what they saw with Joshua Dobbs during the preseason and how they can utilize his dual threat ability and all the things that he can do. So in the event that they don't find somebody that they like better, then they'll go into the season with Joshua as the number two, and they will continue to kind of look around and see what happens over the first couple of weeks. As far as Jimmy G is concerned, uh, you know, people think that this means that there's no way the 49ers are going to trade him. He now has a very tradable contract and uh you know if somebody comes calling between now and the trade deadline and they need a starter uh, you know they will trade him if they get the right offer so uh it doesn't mean this is over yet
4: america you had a you had a story and i think the story actually went to sports illustrated as well and you talked to a, a top executive that had a reservations about Um, Deshaun Watson. Um, Can you tell us about what went into into some of the the things that were in that article um, as the executive is worried about, you know, Deshaun Watson moving forward and she's not sure that he's completely um, rehabilitated and ready to go come December. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
6: Yeah, first of all, um, her name is Rita Smith, and she doesn't actually work for the NFL. She's an advisor to the NFL on matters of sexual assault and domestic violence. She's been uh, in that business for about 40 years, and she's very well respected uh, in that space. And uh, so I did talk to her about that. And her whole uh, piece, her whole takeaway was the fact that so far from Deshaun, she hasn't seen the willingness uh, to admit any wrongdoing. And that has her concern in terms of reoffending. And so the the takeaway, my takeaway from that was, you know, that he really needs to demonstrate to the NFL and to the third party providers that he understands that there was some disconnect between him and the women in those rooms and that he has to figure out why he thinks one thing and they think another and that he needs to you know demonstrate and show them that he's willing to make sure that this never happens again because that's what the whole point is is to get him to the point where he understands that no matter what he thinks happened uh that nothing like this can happen again so so that's the you know that's the whole uh piece here is that you know they want him to understand that something went wrong what it is, and how to prevent it.
2: Do you agree with that, Mary Kay? Do you think she has a good point there?
5: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
6: Yeah, I do think she has a good point there. I, I do think that she has a good point. I In that last press conference uh, that Deshaun had, I, I do think that, uh, you know, I, for one, uh, felt that there wasn't enough of, hey, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get this right. I'm not exactly sure uh, why there was this disconnect, but I'm, gonna, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to do the work. Um, you know, If I've done something wrong in those situations, I'm going to get it right and I will do whatever it takes. I'm going to make this team proud of me. I'm going to make this community proud of me. And I have work to do. And I have already started that work. I'm going to continue that work. I thought there should have been a little bit more of that than, um, you know, than the continuous, I stand on my innocence. So, uh, you know, maybe the messaging was wrong. Maybe his mind is in the right place heading into this counseling. But it seems to me that he's got to get it right in a hurry in order to get back on the field.
2: Do you think that blindsided the Browns after they had finally figured this out and and, uh, hopefully gotten at least moving in the right direction, got the suspension and whatnot, do you think that, That surprised them when he came out there and and gave that what was a really, really atrocious apology. Never used the word triggered anymore, by the way, Deshaun. But do you think that they expected that? Or do you think they were listening to that and they were like, oh, come on, man?
6: I think the Browns would have liked to have seen a little bit more of what I just described in terms of, uh, you know, let's make sure that we're moving forward on this. Let's make sure that we are going to get this right and we're going to do whatever it takes (laughs) to, you know, to make sure that this doesn't happen again, because that's what everybody wants. That's what the NFL wants. That's what Deshaun wants. That's what the accusers want. Anybody connected with this situation wants to make sure uh, that any, if there was any kind of behavior that should never happen again, that it doesn't. And so I I believe that they probably would have liked to have seen a little bit more of that.
4: Do you believe that, you you know, when you look at the situation and obviously, you know, he didn't have the greatest press conference in the world. A lot of people were upset with what he said, uh, frankly, to be frank about the situation. Um, however, don't you think that you have to give a person an opportunity to show and prove um, he's going to be gone until December? Um You know, if he comes out and says anything at this point, it looks like more rhetoric than anything. Um, Are you more interested? Because in my case, I'm more interested in seeing the work and the progress that he's going to make over these next months, whether to him saying anything. I think the work and we have to give him a, a little opportunity and room to actually show the different things that I am doing and then come back and say, this is what I've been doing and working on
6: yes I, I hear exactly what you're saying and I, I almost think it was sort of a sending up a warning flag i think that uh you know rita smith was saying what i've heard so far has me concerned in terms of the energy for possible reoffending and right now i haven't seen out of him any willingness to admit any wrongdoing and therefore to get him to the point where we all make sure that this never happens again Uh, you know, that there's work to do. So, you know, in some ways, I almost think it was, you know, preempting what's going to happen in in this treatment and in in these appointments to sort of say, you know, like the mindset going in has got to be different or it's going to be hard to get him to point B. So that's where I think, uh, you know, she was coming from.
1: Mary Kay, we appreciate your time. Quickly, before we let you go, the health of this Browns team and the 53 man as you see it right now, are there any areas that we should be concerned about with injuries? How are how are the Browns overall health-wise?
6: Well, I would say that uh, I do think it would help to have a veteran backup quarterback, and I do think it would really help to have a veteran wide receiver. If they can accomplish those two things, uh, I think a lot of people would have more of a comfort level, level heading into the season. But the rest of the positions, I think they're very, very solid at. All
1: right, very good. Mary Kay. Mary Kay of Cleveland.com. Great information as always. Good to see you, and
5: we'll talk soon. Thank you. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.